The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at BriggsAuction.com. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at BigBarker.com slash Ricky. And Kinetic Skateboarding. More on this special in a moment. Get 20% off any complete skateboard this weekend at KineticSkateboarding.com using code Ricky Skates. On the show today... We are, we are in the danger zone, folks. Joel Embiid is the favorite for MVP. The Sixers are firmly entrenched, I guess, in the number two seed. And everyone's heart is set to be broken again. I love it. Ben Simmons and Clutch mutually part ways. And as well, we will get to the Ringer Top 100, as well as voicemails and emails. Oh, I think... Actually, I don't know if this is public or not, so I'm going to keep that to myself. Also, we'll talk about the winner of the fan vote for the Process Hall of Fame, as well as another musical act that will appear at Live Ricky 5, which is dangerously close to being way too optimistic and will be looked upon just horribly as time goes on. I would remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We're at about what, 8,800 subscriptions. We need to get to 10,000 by the time the playoffs start or CJ gets fired. Also, if you're subscribed, you will get all the videos in your little feed there and uh, set up notifications there. As well, if you're on Spotify, please follow the pod and watching it. I did mention Kinetic is a sponsor of today's pod, and this is going to go all the way through Monday for those of you who are listening on Monday. Complete skateboards at Kinetic. So that it comes with everything. If you're like... Sometimes skateboarders go in there and they're like, oh, I want these trucks. I want these wheels. I want this deck. This is complete. So this comes with everything. 20% off with code Ricky Skates. And through Monday at kineticskateboarding.com, you want to get somebody a skateboard as a gift. You want to take it up as a new hobby, which I've thought about if my body weren't falling apart as an old man. Kineticskateboarding.com code Ricky Skates for 20% off any complete skateboard. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who, even though he will deny it, is completely and totally 100% back in. That is Mike Levin. I don't know that that's technically true. So I, I you missed the midweek pod. I hosted it with uh, our friend Dan Devine, who was great. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I was back. And I said, I don't think I'm allowed to determine whether I'm back on a podcast that Spike's not on. So right. I, I, I punted. <laughs> Thank you. The back you. question until until now. You're back. But no, I want to, well, hang on, hang on, okay. hang on. I'm hang sorry, on. I'm sorry. 
So like back indicates that I was, I'm returning to somewhere I've been before. Mm, this is an, I like the way this is where this is headed. And I'd so like the last, so, so we are now, this is Sunday morning. Uh-huh. I've watched, we're, we're on, about to start day four of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I've watched 30 basketball games, 30 college basketball games in the last three days. It's been, it's been great. Sorry, 40 college basketball games in the last three days. And then going from that to then watching Joel Embiid play basketball at the, <laughs> at the end of the night, sort of tucking myself in after a long day of basketball to watch some more basketball. Uh, he is not doing things that are human. He is not. I, I've called him the most human basketball player of all time, or at least in Philadelphia history, the most human athlete because you can feel him. I think he is now, he's now so good that you can't, like I, I can't, re- I can no longer relate to Joel. <laughs> I have no idea. He is beyond my ability to re- relate. When he was like, when he was struggling, when he had weaknesses, then it was like, okay, I, I can see this. But now he's just playing the best basketball that he's ever played. Without question. By a lot. And, yeah. and against, obviously, this back-to-back was not incredible competition between Charlotte without LaMelo and, and Indiana without Halliburton. Um, but he's just in a stretch where he's doing things on both ends that I, if you... I remember we were doing this podcast before he his career started. Mm-hmm. While he was sitting on the bench, while he was like, you'd get a, a couple like glance glimpses of him like in warmups. Twenty five years ago. Twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. and if and if you would have told us at that point that like this is what it would be. He's the best player in the league right now, and he is putting up these numbers. He didn't have to play back to back fourth quarters. Because they were up so much. Um, Which is, by the way, what we've always asked for. Yeah. In terms of getting his minutes down is just be winning by so much that you don't have to play the fourth. It seems like a dream for these two back-to-backs to end up that way. Yeah. I certainly I, didn't think the Pacers game was going to end up that way. Now, no. Bef- let, me, let, me, let, me just, let me just finish my last, my last thought of this. Yeah. Of the NBA thing. Yeah. I just, I, I've been three days of drinking... I was under the. I couldn't believe how good he was. Seriously, last night as I was watching, yes, I wanted um, and how he's and how he's he he didn't start playing basketball until I was like fourteen or fifteen, and there's the I, obviously the iconic video of him like at like a a basketball camp, like going up for a layup out of bounds because he couldn't like coordinate his body to do it, and the fact that he's this good because he watched videos of. White guy shooting and Kobe and Dirk and Hakeem. And now he's just the best player in the league because he just like watched that stuff and then made his body right. And the fact that he's playing every game, like I'm not back Mm. because that would indicate that we've been here before. I am somewhere else entirely. I am on a new plane of existence. The Sixers have the best or second best offense in the league and beat the MVP. What are we doing? Oh no. Oh no. How is this possible? So oh, I'm definitely no. not back. I'm some. I'm somewhere else. I'm some. Okay. I'm on. I'm in outer space. We we 
this was a very, we'll get to them. This was a very special week for the voicemails given Embiid's play and the MVP conversation. And we will get to those, I promise. I, you may, one thing that you said in there, I agree with it wholeheartedly. There was one thing you said in there about last night in particular. It was, there was a stretch in the third quarter. I think if you would like to see the difference between Embiid this season compared to previous seasons, you should just watch the third quarter of the Sixers-Pacers game. I was debating with somebody yesterday about Embiid's ability to create out of double teams and so on and so forth this year compared to other years. Because yeah. when you look at the numbers, he's, he's turning it over more this year too. He's at like three and a half turnovers. But if I hate to do this, but if you watch the games... It is different this year. And his, it's almost like last night, you saw the result of him playing with Harden for a year. Because what he was doing when he had the ball at the nail, which you've heard a bazillion times, was just sort of like assessing what was going on around him, calmly looking around and making the best decision to score on that particular play. Calmly, surgically, sometimes it was taking a step and shooting a 14-footer. Sometimes it was going to the rim. Sometimes it was throwing it to the corner. And sometimes it was throwing it to the wing, which would then go to the corner and he would get that hockey assist there. But there was a stretch in the third quarter where he was just operating at a... We talked about the game slowing down for him, which has happened, I think, a little bit each year. But he was operating in a way against the Pacers that he just wouldn't have operated in previous years. He would have looked at them, you know, they, they double teamed him a lot in the first half. Like he, he would have gotten frustrated. He would have thrown up bad shots. He would have turned the ball over. I don't even think he had a turnover last night. He had seven or eight assists. If he had a turnover, he maybe have one, one turnover. One. Yeah. It's just not something that would have happened before. And it does raise their ceiling to, uh, I am not ready to say that I believe they can win the title. However, knowing that I don't believe Harden, like that, that it will be Embiid being the down the stretch offensive weapon in the playoffs, his ability to operate this way can possibly change their, their, their path in the playoffs because he needed this. You, you can't just muscle everyone in the playoffs. You're going to have to they're going to throw different defenses at you. It's going to be hard. And he's just operating in a way that he hasn't operated before. And it like, it looks unstoppable. Uh, you know, uh, what's his fuck? The, the, the coach, um, the Pacers, Carlisle, Carlisle said last night, he was like, Giannis is great. And Jokic is great, but this guy is, is probably the hardest guy to stop in the league right now. And he's probably the MVP, which we will get to. He's just, he's unbelievable. Uh, and, and he's just on a fucking roll right now. He's just, he's on a, a basketball bender. He's like, he's scoring so easily. It's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's becoming like, like right now. And it's unfortunate that it's happening now, not in the playoffs, but hopefully it continues. Like the way that, the way that Kawhi was in that Raptors series, Raptors Sixers series, when it was just like every, it doesn't matter what was happening. He, it was ending in him hitting a laser jump shot from 18 feet. Like the Sixers made last night. I, I, I wrote it down. I don't know if they ever beat it, but 21 of 23 field goals at one point. They're, they were just the shot making on this team. They're obviously one of the best foul shooting teams of all time. And beat is one of the best 
big men shooting mid-range guys of all time. Harden gets guys open looks. They have, I think we looked at this last time, like eight guys shooting like 38% from three or better. Like they've just assembled sort of unknowingly, maybe not unknowingly, and it didn't feel this way as they were doing it, but like one of the best shooting teams ever. Like their offense is insane. Their offense is up to second in the league, I think. Um, the defense is the concern. It's still the concern for me. But, I mean, Embiid always owns Turner, it feels like. Yeah. Embiid looks at Miles Turner and is like, if I had, like, no juice whatsoever, this is what I would be. <laughs> Turner's a good player. But, like, Embiid, I think, just, like, looks at him and is like, you could be better, but you're not. So I'm going to absolutely, like, pound you into the dirt. Um and also, like his his ball handling was great last night. Like, when's the last time you could say like a center had the ball on a string? Like, it was some crazy stuff. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, they're and they're winning in every combination, as we talked about before. Like to win games without Harden, win games without Embiid, without Maxi, without some role players deep digging into your bench. Like they're just on the road at home. Like anywhere, they're just they're just beating everybody right now. Um, and now they took they took the two seed and I don't know. There's there's still a, a number of games left. If there's one seed is not fully out of reach. It's just they're two games behind. I mean, they they still play the Celtics. They still play the Bucks, and they still play the Nuggets. And those are the the Nuggets just for for MVP purposes. But like the, those the games against the Celtics and the the Bucks are going to be enormous. But you know, Adam Adam Sixers Adam tweeted last evening and I agree with him and I've said the same thing. It's a, they should go for the two seed. Yeah. Like that. I, I, I truly believe having, if you're going to have to play, you know, Boston or Milwaukee in the second round, go for the one seed if you can, but, but obviously getting home court against one of those teams, I just think is, is massive in the NBA home court is really, really big, you know, compared to baseball or, or hockey or something. But the, them having home court against one of those teams could increase their chances of winning that series by like 25%, I think. And, and they've both Harden and Embiid do not look, they look physically fine, you yeah. know, and Bede will end up having played 65 games or something like that. Harden had a, a long break and has not had to strain the way that he has in previous years. They sh like, do not punt on either of those. Go get the two seed or go get the one seed. Don't end up in the three and having and not being able to have home court against either of those teams. I yeah. think. I'd, I would really like to not play the Celtics in the second round. I just, that's the only team. I'm not, I don't know that I'm scared of them particularly. I'm scared of us. Mm. I'm scared of us against the Celtics. It's just, there's, you know, Scalabrini was on with uh, Zach Lowe. It, it, and he said, I didn't disagree with anything he said. Like, he's not scared of the Sixers, and he shouldn't be because they've beaten us a thousand times. And it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup of a wi switchable wing, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, as, as the Maxi's defensive improvement is nice, it's good to see. I love it. But there's just, there's too many guys that they can go after and not enough guys that we can cover. It's just not, it's not a matchup I love. But also, I'm not scared of Robert Williams at all. I think Embiid will just put him in the dirt. Um, Horford deserves revenge against him. I just, it's, I'd rather face Milwaukee. I think it's an interesting series, and I, I just don't want to see Boston in the second round again. Just come on. Well, there's actually, we'll get to that in a second. Briggs Auction is the official auction of the process. This is how you spell it, B-R-I-G-G-S, Briggs Auction. Four-generation family-owned and operated auction house there in Delco. 
everything's online. Online auctions are fucking fun. And Briggs is really fun. Every week, basically a new auction up there. Uh, you can download the Briggs Auction app in the App Store or Google Play, or you just go to BriggsAuction.com. CJ, at this point, half of his wardrobe must be from Briggs Auction after his enormous jacket win. Now, the, the auction that's up this week, the March 24th Fine Estates auction, does not have any clothes in it. Now, there's always a ton of different categories. So, the you know, there's collectibles, there's sports, there's there's electronics, there's, you know, all that kind of stuff. This one is heavy on the art the decorative arts and the books and paper. There's this one lot I was looking at, old Philly newspapers, has a Philly newspaper from 1789, one from 1823, the National Gazette Literary Register, um, an 1861 issue of the Inquirer with Civil War news, which is fucking cool. I love cool stuff. Whether it's cool stuff that you just have around that you can look at, whether it's furniture that you're not going to get anywhere else, whether it is clothes so you can look cool like CJ, whether it is sports collectibles, whatever it is, Briggs Auction is where you want to go. Just download the app, go to the website, scroll through it every week. To pick it up, to get your item, you can either, they have open pickup on Saturdays, they have buy appointment during the week or they'll work with you on a shipper. Or if you want to get rid of stuff, right? Not junk, but cool stuff. You want to do an estate auction. You want to downsize. Send an email to info at briggsauction.com. That is info at briggsauction.com. Briggs Auction the official auction of the Ricky. Uh, you know, there are a lot of cases, you, you mentioned not wanting to play the Celtics. There are a lot of cases in NBA history where the player has to overcome the nemesis to get to the thing. Yeah. Now you could argue that both, whether they play the Celtics or the Bucks or both, I don't think Giannis is a nemesis, but beating Giannis would be notable on oh, yeah. exactly. to a championship and, exactly. and bead versus Giannis. However, in the Jordan Bulls versus Pistons way and mm -hmm. dunking on fucking Al Horford mm -hmm. as the Sixers closed the Celtics out in game six yeah. would be very sweet. No, I'm seeing it and I'm, <laughs> I'm liking it, but I'm also scared of it. Maybe he would slap the hardwood after. We get everything. No, he definitely wouldn't. No Sixers ever. He'd be, on the the He'd be on the ground. It would be easy for him to do. Yeah. It'd be yeah. funny if like Harden was the one to finally do it. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy to start looking at matchups right now, but there's, you know, 12 games left for the regular season. They're 48 and 22. They've won eight in a row. You know, they have the second best record in the league. <laughs> like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a crazy time, and let's just let's just move on because we're talking a lot, a lot of Embiid. Yeah, two two nice Tobias games in a row. We well, were, Dan was shooting quickly. Him shooting quickly. Him shooting quickly. Him back to doing what he th said he's going to do. Back to back games of shooting three of five from three, and then four of six from three, making quick decisions, competing on the defensive end. Um, dunk update: He is up to forty four on the season, which is more than he had last year, and more than he had the year before. Hmm. But it's still not close to his career high, which is 55. So he is, while he is shooting a higher percentage of his field goal attempts are dunks, he has stopped dunking at the rate he was dunking before. Um, so I need, there's 12 games left in the season for Tobias to get his, his career high in dunks. He needs to get one dunk per game. Oh, that's impossible. There's no way. We need, we need well, Tobias, right. we need 12 dunks. Yeah, I, I thought Kyle Newbeck wrote a, 
a correct thing about Tobias is that <laughs> this is an unfortunate reality and you're going to have to cross your fingers because sometimes we're going to get Tobias like, like Tobias just is not quick trigger player. He's not like not the, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he, by his nature, his insides, he is not like three and D quick trigger. Like this is not who he is. Yeah. So, so every time he's acting like that, he is consciously deciding to do that. And because it's not natural, he's not always great at it. So sometimes you're going to get Tobias like this, and sometimes you're going to get the other Tobias. And really what you're just hoping, and this is, you know, he's a, a, a role player at this point. Like that's what he is. Uh, specifically on this team, he's a role player. For Tobias Harris to be successful, you need him to be a role player, not a primary yeah. scorer or anything. You're just going to have to cross your fingers that you're getting the right Tobias at the right time. Yeah. And in the times that you're not... There was an email about this. I, I wonder if we just bring it up. And actually, let me find the, the email because it was a, I think it's a, a fair thing to to talk about Tobias. The thing that he was um, doing the last two nights is like not only just, not just shooting threes. There were games this season when he was only, all, all of his shot attempts were threes. He was still like being decisive, getting to the mid range and going up quickly. Like as long as he's doing that, as long as he's, he, he can still bully guys under, underneath, that's fine. But like, it just has to be like quicker because if he's, slowing down and looks indecisive, then that's where you get in trouble. There's a, an email from Scott in Utah that said, I've always said the Sixers will never contend while giving Tobias Harris starters minutes. He just isn't a good enough player to be playing 30 minutes per game on a contender. I don't think he's good enough to even start on a contender. In the past, I've shared the analytical data that we can all see the traditional stats. We all watch games where Harris habitually fails the eye test. The Sixers are now 16-2 and two in games where Tobias Harris misses or plays less than 30 minutes. In those two losses, Harden didn't play. The first loss was that awful Wolves game where the Sixers came back in the fourth and lost by three. They would have won if Harden played. The other loss was when the Cavs ran him off the floor. The Sixers have now won 13 consecutive games when Tobias Harris misses the game or plays less than 30 minutes. They are eight and seven in games where Tobias Harris plays 36 minutes or more. He eventually gets to it that he wonders if Doc Rivers now has like the gumption, especially with Jalen McDaniels, especially if he's gets um, physically right. If like, you're not getting the right to bias, like maybe it's just less to bias and that they're never not going to start him as long as he's making this much money. But like, there's a world in the playoffs where Tobias is getting 27 minutes, I think, and 26 minutes and doesn't have to be a, like a fin. We've seen him not finishing. Um, I, not that he's not going to start, but I do think that there might be a correlation between Harris playing less and the Sixers maybe being better. Not because he's bad, but because other things fit a little bit better. Well, the minute thing's a little bit, it's, I, I wouldn't, the, sometimes he's playing 27 minutes because he doesn't come back in in the fourth quarter because the Sixers are up a thousand in those, in those kinds of games. Those are, those are some, some of those games. The, we talked about it with Dan of like doc being able, being willing to adjust and going with the hot hand in the fourth quarter and going like, well, Niang's playing really well. So I'm going to go with him. Like Tobias not being in the part of the like heart. Well, even Maxi sits sometimes when he's not playing well and they need defense. So it's like him, Tobias not being a part of, and really no one should be a part of the like Embiid and Harden are playing ends of games that matter no matter what. So like if Maxie's not playing well, like he he's he's got to sit. If Tobias isn't playing well, he's got to sit. The last two games, I I just do. Would I bank on Tobias being like excellent in the playoffs? Like of course not. But I think he is capable. He is for most of the season. He was. 
doing what we asked him to do. And I think over the last couple of games, he has recentered himself about what his job is. Um, and I, I, I think there's nothing to do aside from like play him, cross your fingers, like you said. And if he's playing, if he's not playing well, then you, then you pull him for somebody that's hot. It's, it's just not that it, it's nothing more than that. Really? Yep. Um, I will say just like, man, Tobias in transition by himself. Great. Gets downhill, gets to the rim, uses, uses his like broad body, like all that stuff. Good. Tobias, when anyone else. Yeah. There was a moment last night, man. In transition with him, yeah. whether it's him dribbling and there's somebody else there uh, that he's going to throw a lob to, or he's the, the recipient of a potential lob. Like the past three games, the Sixers have, their offense has looked so good and they've made some of the dumbest transition passes. The most, like I've never seen you before. We have no rhythm whatsoever passes that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and Tobias always feels like he's a part of that. Melton is also sometimes a part of that. Maxi has a tough time when he's in transition, throwing lobs to or just like, buddy, just go up with it yourself. Like it's very, it's very odd to see them like humming on offense, but not make like the, the one of the easier plays in basketball, which is just like throw a lob to the guy dunking. Maxi and Melton also Maxi, you know, has been, has been not not on a a tear, but on a just below tear since he started putting it all back together, and they moved him back to the starting lineup. And Melton had a great game against the Pacers as well, six steals, I think, in yeah. three quarters. Yeah, so, the, for for Melton, this was like a highlight real game, like for Dar yeah. for Daryl and Elton, like of a this is why we got him. Like that game should be playing like on a screen while they're like holding their arms in the air. Like this is this is why we brought him here. He's running the floor. He's, step, he's stepping into threes. He was creating havoc on defense, elite guard rebounding, flexibility and roll can slide like on or off ball pretty good. Um, the two minutes that Jaden Springer and D'Anthony Melton shared the court together was pretty breathtaking for me. Um, I loved it. I had a blast. Um, Maxi, he's. I do this every. I do this every podcast. Like it. It is incomprehensible how good he's gotten as a shooter. I. I don't think it's. We haven't, it, we, like, it's become, like, commonplace to expect him to hit these shots. It's insane. Spike, he hit 33 threes in college. 33 threes in 31 college basketball games. He has more than that in March. Made threes. He has hitting from any angle, step backs, deep step backs, like, money from the corner, He's just awesome. And then that plus, obviously, the, the reason he was drafted, he wasn't drafted for the shot, and he's just become like an elite shooter. Um, but he can get to the rim so quickly, he's so fast with the ball. There was one play last night where he's scooping. When he drives through people, when he knifes through the defense, he like, the ball, the distance the ball travels, like as he's like moving it around to try to get it around guys before he goes up for a scoop underneath it, it's unbelievable. It's He's just crazy good. My favorite play of the game, maxi pick and roll. Lob to be ball. Lob to be ball, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a great. It's a great play for Maxi because he doesn't throw that many lobs, and it's a great play for B ball because he doesn't catch that many lobs. So it's yeah. like this. This being the, the nice like okay, we're like this. This becoming a thing. Harden's not going to pass him that much. Maxi's not, and B doesn't catch lobs really. So like this. This becoming a little bit of a thing. Second unit. I would really love that. Nice little b-ball game after a, a, I would say, a subpar b-ball game against uh, 
it's against Cleveland was a subpar b-ball game or against Charlotte was a subpar b-ball game. The Indiana game was a good b-ball game, I thought. Good b-ball Paul. And I mean, people had, and against Charlotte, people had eight, eight points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. That's okay, great. then I'm, I'm thinking Cleveland. I'm thinking Cleveland. Yeah. Um, the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, and I would love in some playoff game to see the fucking Deadman hook. I just want to see the Deadman. He is not shy about fucking getting the ball on the block and going to work. For sure. He's, yeah. and he's better than, I haven't been, you know, he's only played two or three games, but I haven't yeah. been annoyed by him at all. No. He's definitely better than Trez, like yeah. by a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'd he's be about as slow. He's, he's about as slow. He's not, he might be as slow. <laughs> That's <laughs> not, he's at least not trying to, he at least never had like great elevation. He's, I mean, he's tall. Like Trez is like six, six. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, really good. I thought it was a really nice uh, bench game last night. Um, obviously, without Harden and PJ, they, they needed guys to step up. Daniel House did some crazy shit. He's a fucking wild man. Uh, he had the dunk of the year that was called back uh, because oh of my charged. god, that it, it, I, go I couldn't hell. believe it happened. I know. I, he, yeah, it, I after like the beginning of the game where he just had did some like just crazy shit, just generally. Yep. Um, funny, funny Dan House game. Happy that he gets to start sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was great. Niang game. Um, him just like making the right reads, making plays off the dribble. He had a nice uh, drive and scoop pass to Deadman for a, for a nice finish. And it was a great, we're back in like a good, there was like maybe three weeks where Shake was not contributing. Um, and we're back in a really nice Shake rhythm of like him having his moments where he can like take over a little bit. His upper body strength on those like mid ranges when he just gets the N1, he just gets the defense, he just bangs into somebody and just always... He used to get called for those charges back in the day, but now he like has a nice like little step back rhythm to it, um, and he can get shots up so easily. Um, and I want you to notice this is homework for listeners. Notice how many open threes the Sixers get from Shake cutting on the on the weak side to draw the weak side defender into the lane, and then that person that Shake was on the on the wing with is now open because he brought the defender with him on the cut. I want you to notice how much he does that. It's a smart play. It's a heady play. And he doesn't get any credit for it. It's not in the box score. But like it happens all the time. And they benefit from it. That, that, um, my second favorite play. Yeah. Shake lob to b-ball. Mm. Great play. <laughs> a great play. My third favorite play. Springer cuts middle to help Shake. Sees the lane open. Gets the ball. The nail. Drives. Draw the defense. And leaves it to b-ball for the dunk. All my favorite plays end in b-ball dunks. It was great. What a good, what a good game. Vegas, Mike. I imagine on some level in your bag right now with the tournament. I am going to ask Vegas, Mike, to do a little odds guessing. Okay. As we occasionally do. Now, two weeks ago, I believe Joel Embiid was plus six fifty to win. The MVP at wow. DraftKings Sportsbook. Wow, wow, wow. Our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, this morning, Joel Embiid's MVP odds. I didn't see, I saw them like yesterday, so I don't know. I haven't seen them. It's different morning. than yesterday. Okay. Well, he's the favorite. He is the favorite. Um, uh, minus 155. He is minus 220. Oh, my God. Yes. 
The tides, they are a changing. They are. And the Sixers championship odds, which haven't moved in a while, moved a little bit. Sixers go to plus 1,000. Oh, I'm sorry. I fucking, I fucked up the game. I didn't even ask you. Sixers go to plus 1,000. The Bucks still the favorite at plus 330. The Celtics at plus 340. The Celtics were behind the Sixers in the standings were plus 340. At DraftKings Sportsbook. Speaking of the tournament, Right now, new customers, if you use code RTRS, bet $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's it. Plus, for a limited time, all customers get a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, place a no-sweat bet this weekend. You got to be listening on Sunday. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now so you can be like Vegas Mike and sign up with code RTRS. New customers bet five bucks and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Can we talk a little MVP? Yeah, last thing I just wanted to. Yep. It's good. Good that Jalen McDaniels is back. It seemed like he might have missed more time. Yeah, um, it seems like he might need to. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind giving him another day here and there. Um, but it's good just having his length and athleticism is is so helpful on this team. Like it was a really nice. It was an it was a nice pickup having a guy that can can create some havoc defensively and also just like get when the ball like go, comes to him, it's like oh he's not confused and he's not helpless it's so it's it's been i don't we'll see in five years who's the better player but on this team especially like it's really nice that jan mcdaniels can do something with the ball as we get to Embiid mvp i would like to credit two specific people aside from joel Embiid and nikola Jokic for shifting the odds one is perk for setting it up and the next one is mike o'connor for knocking it down If you go back into history, the odds started changing when Michael Connor wrote that article about the the discourse of MVP. And I would like to congratulate Michael Michael Connor for for changing the discourse. I would this is a a long voicemail, but it is a really good one. And I would like to start the MVP discussion to this. You can leave us a voicemail at 833-LICKFACE. Let's hope this works. Hey guys, this is Patrick in Los Angeles. Uh, first of all, thank you guys so much for maintaining this community over the years. I've been listening since a few months before Hinky resigned and I've moved all around the country and it's just been really great to have you guys um, sort of like keeping me grounded in this like ridiculous fandom that we're in. Um, so thank you guys for that and also fuck you for that. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about the MVP race with Joel. Um, I love you guys, but I think you're being a little tepid in your enthusiasm. I understand why, like, the Sixers have beaten us down so hard over the last whatever years that it's really hard to feel any sort of excitement or enthusiasm about anything ever. Uh, But we have to remind ourselves of, like, a few things. Joel, first two years of his career injured. His brother dies during that time period. We have to deal with all these fucking jokes about how Joel Embiid is the next Greg Oden and he's never going to play and we're ridiculous for hinging all of our hopes on him. And then he plays and he's actually good. And then he gets really good. And then he gets like really, really fucking good. And now he's the best player on the planet and the biggest cabal of fucking losers 
is going to be the reason that we look back on this era of Sixers basketball and see that Joel never won an MVP. I normally don't care about individual awards and all that stuff. I generally think it's loser shit. But these fucking losers are going to be the reason why Joel doesn't get to be an MVP. It's ridiculous. My humble request to you guys is that you simply ban all of them. Ban every writer who is pushing this ridiculous pro-Jokic narrative, trying to get him three straight MVPs, something Jordan and LeBron never even had happen. Ban them all. It should be like retweet Armageddon, but it's fucking ban Armageddon. Every name on the back of that shirt. Okay, obviously the voicemail timeline cut me off. I'm getting a little too animated about this. Uh, anyway, ban them all. Ban every single one of those people from the back of that shirt that said get a second chance with MVP or whatever. Ban them all. Zach Lowe should have been banned right away. Uh, ban them. And if any of you are listening, fuck you. I yield the rest of my time. Thank you guys. You're the best. It was two calls. What a, what a sweet guy that that just got really fired up. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, I, I think I pretty much said All a lot things. of that word for word at the beginning of this podcast. Yep. Um, yes, absolutely. The absolutely. Fact that, the fact that, yeah, the, the Greg Oden point is a good one because not only did, was he not playing, but we were like, people were sort of using that as a way to like diminish like what the Sixers goals were. And they were like, well, they hope he never plays so he can get more picks. And there were just so many fucking idiots, Rick Buke or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. I mean, he's incredible. He's incredible. He's, he's the, he's the best player in the league right now. And the, the fact that he's uh, like at, you know, healthy and doing everything this well. And he just turned 29 and, and he's, he's better. He's he's been better. He's gotten better, yeah. He's, he's better. well, but he's better than the the other play. Like he deserves MVP this year. Yeah, he deserves MVP. That's it. Yeah, he deserves. I, it. I just the reason why the reason why I've been because people were like, dude, stop doing like the fairness thing that I've been doing. Because I think they missed. I think they missed the context on that a little bit. To be honest with you, also, what do you think? Well, because you're not saying he should get MVP to even things up in a unfair way. What you're saying is. Because it has been even, the MV, as far as their rankings, yeah. the MVP should be even, and yeah. it would it does not properly describe the way that people are describing it. If these three years, Jokic got the MVP all three years based on the way that it was described, not like well we lost, but we should get a title just because we lost anyway, right? Am I am I? Yeah, no, I mean it's, it's you have to establish that. Like I, I just the thing that I'm trying to avoid is is Jokic, is Jokic people going like. Well, here's the ways that he's been better, and actually, he impacts the game in these ways differently. Whatever. It's just like, look, I don't want to get into that with you. Like, the three of these guys are playing like and have been performing the past three years, like the three best players in the league have been when they're you know considering other guys' health and everything, and they've been doing great, and they're both awesome. they're all awesome in very distinct, unique, wildly cool ways. We're very lucky to have them. One of them has two MVPs. The other one has two MVPs. Giannis has two, doesn't he? Yes. And one of them has none. So it's been three years of that. So like give the one to the other guy that's awesome for all these ways. And but but on its own, even if the even if it was zero zero zero, and bead right now, like he the load he carries offensively, the load he carries defensively, how he's had to do it for so long with the limited help he's had and all this like, you know, the story that that you tell around Embiid is incredible. Um and he just fucking he should He's the man and he keeps getting better. Like it's just, 
it is we are at a place where it, all of, like statistically physically like he's on he's on list I mean, with the with the Sixers he's on list with like Wilt and Iverson like every every single thing it's like Wilt Moses Iverson and then like league wide it's like Wilt Kareem Moses Shaq Embiid it's like the the list of the stuff that he's doing that he's on is like all time list there he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's Joel Embiid, the guy that didn't play for the first two years. That was like our guy that we got that nobody else believed in. We got him during the process and they immediately got good when he was there and he just has kept getting better and he suffered through shit. And I really, really fucking hope that this is the year that he breaks through for us and for him because like what a fucking journey it's been. He's the man. Let's just... I, I just, I want them to win. I want them to win a championship. I would like them to win a championship, Spike. And I'm tired of them not having won one. And I think the, uh, every conversation would be better ha- with the Sixers having, having won one. So that's yep. my, that's my take. We've, we've mentioned, we have not yet quite gotten to the ringer at top 100, but an MVP related uh, voicemail we got from a returning voicemailer that maybe he'll be a regular 833 uh, Lake face. Hey, Spike and Mike, this is Omar calling. I know I fucking called the other day and I trolled my Spike. Uh, fucking just take that off. I don't, I don't fucking care about that anymore. But you don't have smokers on, whatever. Uh, the fucking Ringer 100. What, the, what is going on? Um, can we get... Spike, you, you have to ban Michael Pena from the pot. Michael Pena must be banned. This is a level of caping that I've like I I cannot even fathom it's it, and a, an amount of implicit bias and and I I can't I can't even process the uh, the reasoning behind any of this. How? Oh my God! This is <laughs> wow! 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 Ben Michael Pena, for the love of God! So I don't. Like, I only know Michael Pena's name from, I don't know him. Do you know him? I only know him from, that I see his name on the, on the ringer. Like, do you, do you know him? Uh, know him? Same, same. So in the ringer top 100, Michael Pena wrote this. this is, when, when was this published? Like, how long have we, how long have we been not been talking about the ringer top 100? Well, but the, it gets updated every few weeks. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this was, this was written like a week ago. Jokic is a once in a lifetime basketball phenomenon as they ranked him number one. As a back-to-back MVP who would probably win the award award a couple more times if it were decided by voter fatigue-proof robots instead of narrative-seeking human beings, he's straight up, without equivocation, the best player on the planet. A hyper-efficient scorer who makes everyone around him at least 15% better, Jokic is Denver's compass. He humbles opposing big men with ox-like strength, then dismantles help defenders as they offer support with passes and transcend anticipation. With his back to the basket and his neck bent just enough to see the entire court, he detects what others can't until the following morning's film session. The sport has never seen anyone like Jokic. He's an unconventional combination of grace, mystique, and persistent motion. The only box left to check will come in the playoffs when his underrated and misunderstood defense will be tested by teams that wrap half their game plan around trying to exhaust and expose him in space. But so long as his teammates are healthy, that strategy is likely to be a shallow one. His underrated and misunderstood defense 
as he humbles yeah. big men with ox-like strength and is without equivocation the best player on the planet. Yeah, I mean, it does a little bit sound like a romance novel, but I think that like the offensive stuff, like he's like he's right about that. Like he's yeah. Yoga's just crazy. He's crazy good. Like I don't like I, the the bummer here is that is like having to. I I don't I don't love my my strength is not hating in this kind of way. Right, minus. Um, <laughs> I like I like Jokic. I think he's awesome, but like man, just he, he's that not a good defender. He's not a good defensive player. Yeah. There are things he does on the defensive end that make up for his athletic and effort uh, where he's lacking in those areas. But he's not a good defender. He's not a good defensive player. You are not a better defensive team with him on the court. He might have good defensive numbers compared to like the backups that they've had here in Denver, but but whatever. Like He's clearly not. He is going to be a liability. He's always been a liability on the defensive end in the playoffs. And he is, like in the regular season, he's just fine. And the reason why he defends so many shots at the rim is because people are going at him all the time. People Embiid's presence dissuades guys from going at the rim all the time. There's so many possessions where people will dribble towards the rim and then see Embiid there and then sort of just dribble it back out or kick it to whoever or they don't get a shot up as a shot clock violation. Like the these catch all defensive stats, as Michael Conner pointed out, are are not good in any way. And you watch the games, it's so clear, especially now that Embiid, for the most part of the regular season, this season, Embiid was not that good defensively. He was fine. He was below average for him. And then over the last month, he has turned it on, and you can see like how just how good he is defensively. And in the playoffs, you can always see. So it's well, it's it's not it's not close on one end. And even though, yes, the stuff Jokic does is incredible on the other, like Embiid is minimally worse than him in offense while being the lead, leading scorer in the league and and carrying more of a load like it is, if if Jokic had to shoot 26 times per game like those and efficiency numbers would go down like i i just stop being such a fucking dork about it like that that's my problem with all of them you you cannot say he is the best player without equivocation if he's a center that is not good at defense yeah you can say that he's great and he is up for debate as the best player in the league but you cannot say without equivocation he's the best if he's a center and he's not good at defense his yeah. his defense is not misunderstood and it's not underrated because fuckers like you keep saying how good it is and you're overrating it, which evens out everyone who underrates it. Yeah. It's just fucking so dumb. L last, last voicemail on these. I know this is more me than you. I'm sorry. This is me service. It's just like the nuggets are fucking losing and the, the, the just the fucking, the, the, the Celtics are losing and it's just an opportunity to be a, the best version of me is an awful person. So the final voicemail. 833 wow. lick face. I'm sorry. Hey, Spike. This is Nate with the rant. I called in a few months ago, our EJJ Reddick, because I knew we were both on the same page. We don't like him and we see through him. We were haters when everyone else was infatuated with him. Recently, he waded into the MVP debate, and I think it's illustrative of our reasons for disliking him. Two weeks ago, JJ put out a video propping Jokic up using Raptor, all but telling us the MVP race is done and that we're stupid if we don't agree. Then in this week's video, he says the MVP race is wide open and that, of course, the race was never decided. But what's worse than his typical flip-flopping is that in his rambling, he never says who his MVP frontrunner is. He never commits to anything. That's the reason he sucks. The man is hot take avoidant. He's a milk toast charlatan 
just as he was a milk toast NBA player. And even though he may bore you to death, at least he'll tell you you're fucking stupid while he's doing it. It is too bad that he will be on TV for the next 25 years. <laughs> I just like, I agree. Thank you. JJ Reddick is just, if you took Twitter and made it into a human and put it on TV, that's what he is. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm glad that he got in that interview, that argument with Perk and that all the wrong people started agreeing with JJ Reddick and it made him uncomfortable. Like, I'm glad. Fuck you. Fuck JJ Reddick. Fuck Nikola Jokic. Fuck Giannis. Fuck all of their fans. Fuck Zach. Fuck Michael Pena. Fuck Adam from DNVR. Fuck uh, Ben Thompson. Fuck, fuck everybody. And beat is the MVP this year. He deserves it. You're all fucking wrong. And now you look stupid. And everybody who's done the Jokic thing all year is faced with this awful conundrum is that your, your votes are now public. And now here, here's the problem for you is that you have spent so long saying that it is obviously Jokic, that if you don't vote for Jokic, you will have to admit that you are wrong. But if you do vote for Jokic, you will be wrong. It's a horrible conundrum to be in. I've been in that conundrum before, and we're all going to know who you voted for. So, like everyone, Ryan Russillo, JJ Reddick, Zach, everyone who had, I love you, Zach. I love you, but we're going to know who you voted for. We're going to know. We're going to know. At the end of the day, we're going to know. And there's going to be another fucking shirt as long as we don't lose to one of those teams. There's going to be another fucking shirt with your fucking name on it. So, you better vote for the right person. Uh, Dan, Dan was talking last part because dan had a vote last year and he's he's not sure if he's gonna get a vote this year or not but uh he better vote like, for well, the right person well yeah that's what we we, we, we talked to him about it yeah. the um koc better vote he, for the right person he was Ryan like better, you better have for the right i i voted for Giannis last year so i wouldn't be voting for Jokic three times in a row no, no, which i which no. i disagree with and i and i forgot to make this point but like no. if you put like an article like a paragraph in an article that gets cut and it doesn't make it to print, then you can like put that in a different article and not think you're repeating something mm -hmm. like it's what, whatever makes it to print, which is like the MVP voting, whatever, whoever is MVP, that's what like collectively was decided. So you would, you, you don't get to say like, Oh, I didn't vote for him three years in a row. Like you did. So Dan yeah. consider that. Yeah. Before we get to the musical guest announcement and the the winner of the fan vote for Live Ricky Five going into the Process Hall of Fame, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. You did a Big Barker read during your your hosting pod yeah, earlier Dan, this week. Dan got to woof. Ah, how'd it go? How'd it great. go? Yeah, great. great. He's very happy to do it. I well, but your your read. How was that part? Down. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a different it's a different different style muscle for me. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. sort of hit the words hard. Yeah, and then I, it's sort of, um, I, I find myself in the middle and I'm sweating, and I'm I'm just trying trying my best, but not the you know, not that that kind of hating is not my strength, and this kind yeah. of selling yeah. things is not my yeah. strength. I love Big Barker. I'm so proud that they're a sponsor because I am so uh, I love dogs, and I think that dogs should be treated to the best life possible when they are adopted. And um, your dog 
if it's not sleeping on a big barker is, is I'm sure you're giving it a great life is not getting the best life possible. It's not like luxurious specifically, even though it looks very nice, it keeps your dog healthier and more comfortable and, and keeps the joints healthier and improves your dog's quality of life. It's that simple. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky is where you go to get the Big Barker dog bed along with the process pup patches, which you get for free if you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. My wife works at an animal shelter here in Jersey called St. Hubert's. And we went over there yesterday to play with a, a dog, bigger pit bull and a very big, strong dog. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Rebel's not that heavy. Rebel's 40 pounds. But this dog, Man, if this dog wasn't sleeping on a mattress like a big barker, like like one of those dog beds you see at the pet store or that you order off Instagram or whatever that's just fluffy, this dog would sink right to the ground, but would not with a big barker because it has been engineered in a way to support your dog's joints. A real mattress, a real bed, not just a uh, a pillow with, you know, with edges around it so it looks like a bed, which is what most dog beds are. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky is where you go to get it. Uh, a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, they'll give you a full refund and pay for shipping. It is handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> Mike, we had a vote to determine who would be inducted into the Process Hall of Fame or what would be inducted into the Process Hall of Fame on April 9th, Easter evening at Underground Arts. It is sold out, but there will be a special video presentation thanks to Mortgage CS later that week. Now, you are inducting Mike Muscala for hitting the three that gave oh, us Tyrese Maxey. That's right. AU is inducting the Ben Simmons practice photo. And then we let the listener, you, who is listening, determine who would um, be inducted into the process hall of fame as the Ricky moment. The nominations were the Paul Millsap all-star story, booing Tony Snell, Daryl Morey on the pod from the bubble as rockets president, Tony T's hit me and Kyrie Covington's reception at the lottery party, the better than Ben Simmons list and the jeopardy contestant banned for not saying the name twice. Would like to offer congratulations to Daryl Morey on the pod from the bubble as wow. rockets president. Wow. Will go so. I feel like he should induct that himself. He is welcome. <laughs> now I want to be clear to Daryl: you are not being inducted into the Process no. Hall of Fame, no. right? That's clear, right? The moment is being inducted, Daryl. If you'd like to induct yourself, you are invited. Uh, you, it is sold out. Yeah, I don't know how to get him a ticket, but we'll work on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also, by the way, we're sort of inducting ourselves as we That's were right. on that podcast. That's right. So extremely so, very uh, humble of us to do. Yeah. So the other thing we, we of course have Eliza Hardy Jones and Charlie Hall of war on drugs performing, um, imagine the process and Mootloo will be our, our, uh, our house band for the evening, but we will have another musical guest CJ. I'm wondering if you could bring up that video in that tweet, just in case we've had this person on the pod before wrote a song that maybe not quite as prescient as it was a couple of months ago. One Prez Carter will be performing his hit, Coaches Become Sales Reps, the Doc Rivers diss, at Live Ricky 5. You hadn't beat it hard and you ain't win it all. I swear to God, this dude's a fraud. Anybody want to coach the Sixers taking calls? A real coach wouldn't have hard and baiting for calls. Just another year that you underachieve. It's time to pack your bags, the whole city wants you to leave. Maury make the call, I want all his duties relieved. 
Said duo players coach, I don't know what to believe. Top 15 the all time, yeah, that list was kept. Would you don't make adjustments, you don't know. At a live podcast right before the playoffs, as the Sixers are surging into the second and possibly first seed, have a rapper on to sing about how the coach sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, look, I'm happy. I'm happy. Press is coming. Yes, so it's gonna be fun. It'll be fun for him. It'll be fun for uh, the listeners. It is. Uh, Doc has been pretty good lately. It's yeah. not to say that in the playoffs we don't we don't get a an all bench lineup against you know while Tatum and Brown are on the floor, uh, which would be tough. But mm-hmm. for now, Doc has been. He's been pretty good. Yeah, it's sort of tough, but this is actually very funny. So yeah. uh, Prez Carter was great. He was great when he was on the pod, and I'm excited to have him up there. Sixers-related news, I don't really know what there is to say about it, except that there is a, a funny resolution to it, in that, as reported by Ramona Shelburne, Brooklyn Nets forward Ben Simmons and Clutch Sports have mutually decided to part ways, sources told ESPN. Simmons had been represented by Clutch since he came into the NBA as the number one pick in 2016. The agency negotiated his five-year, $177 million extension in 2019. Simmons and Clutch decided to part ways in a conversation this week. Quote, he just needed a fresh start, according to a source. And then later reported by, oh man, I don't know how to report John, how to rec- how to uh, pronounce John's last name. He is the beat reporter for the Athletic for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and he seems to be a good guy. John Krasinski, I think. Ben Simmons is expected to hire veteran agent Bernie Lee, who has a long history of cli- guiding clients through difficult spots. Sources said Lee also reps Jimmy Butler, Justin Holiday, and Chris Dunn, among other players. Bernie Lee was also. Joel Embiid's advisor as Embiid negotiated his own extension. And uh, finally, um, a quote from 2018, courtesy of Jeff Zilgit, when um, when Brian Colangelo was going through his situation here with the Sixers, mm-hmm. the quote from Bernie Lee, I'm biased since I live in Toronto and I've come to know Brian and his family well, and they have my complete and total support. I have absolutely zero concerns, nor could I imagine anyone else having any. Brian has a track record of honesty and integrity that I'm going to choose to define him by and always will. What is happening right now isn't right as a league and as a business. If we're going to be okay with seeking people out to ruin them based on agendas and simple human weaknesses, then we are headed down a slippery slope. So in short, it's such a, that's such a, that, that quote, I remember it then and I, yeah. and I saw it the other day and it just, for, I guess it's not related to what we're talking about, but anytime the, the Colangelo thing gets brought up, it's really, what is that? What, who needs, why, why would you be, the guy why would anyone be like, you have a problem. This agent has a problem with him. This agent that has known him forever is going to turn on him. Like, Oh, we didn't. Oh, okay, great. Well, then we're 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 still in. We're still we're gonna stick with them. Like, what a what a wild thing to say. And it's just people love to just blame agendas, agendas. Yeah, that one was not about an agenda, though. We did have an agenda after many it was reported. many people. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, but yeah, wild stuff. And uh, yeah, very funny that him and Jimmy now have the same agent. Uh, and would he be, would be funny he, if Jimmy like fired his agent like today. <laughs> Um, and Embiid, like yeah, the, and Embiid the, the, the guy he got, 
is Butler's agent helped them bead with his contract and supported Brian Colangelo. It's like the the only agent Ben Simmons could have gotten after Clutch was Bernie Lee. He was the only person, I think, I think that had enough connections to his past to yeah. do that. It's do wild. You, it's wild. It's wild for for me. It's wild that like now Clutch has gone. Like they stuck with him for like for a, such a long time for uh, about so many things, and they. I'm not gonna. It's not all of their all their fault, but like they certainly didn't help guide this to a smart, helpful place. Um, and obviously, whatever's going on with Ben is is like upsetting for him, and then also very convoluted. And you know, Clutch did a bad job, and now they're like, "All right, we're probably good." Do you think? I know you don't like talking about, you're not interested in talking about Ben. Just curious question, because I don't, I don't, I think I know my answer, but after this contract is over, which has, I think, three more years left in it, do you think Ben Simmons will sign another NBA contract? I have no idea, man. I really, I really have no clue. It's it's on the table that he will not, that he'll just go back to Australia and play there. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he just keeps, he he plays, there was like one point this season where he like started looking good for a second, look started mm-hmm. looking like the old version of himself, and that just like dissipated real quick. I don't know. I just it's it's a little bit like you know we talk when we talk about Ben, we talk about Markel, who who has gotten pretty good under like the circumstances, Markel, um, and even like Zaire, like guys that have had like debilitating things happen to them. It's hard to argue like. Oh, they were never that good, or oh, they didn't do this. Like it was just like this, like traumatic or at least impactful thing went down. That you know you have to be so good to be an NBA player if you're not operating like at all facilities. Like it's just it's hard to it's hard to be a positive impact on the game. And so I think for all those all three of those guys, all of whom, if you might remember, were Sixers, mm-hmm. um, it's. It's it's hard to have like a rational conversation about like what what they are, what they were, what they could have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the man, there will be, you know, there have been a couple of Sixers books so far, process books. But the one that gets written when everything is said and done could be two thousand pages long mm-hmm. and interesting with the amount of crazy stories and interesting stories that are, by the way, unduplicated. The, the Colangelo story is unduplicated. Yeah. The Simmons story is unduplicated. The Embiid story is unduplicated. The Fault story is unduplicated. The only one who duplicates it is the fucking Sixers. Yeah, they keep doing it. The yeah. um, So, Jerry, I, I've been watching 40 college basketball games. Mm-hmm. Jerry Colangelo was like an investor or fucking bullshit in uh, Grand He's still Canyon alive, University. Huh? He's still alive. Still alive, still at those games. And it was really fun. It was very enjoyable to watch him watch the Grand Canyon Antelopes lose. I hope <laughs> for nothing but the worst for fucking hit that team and that guy. Get out of here. Uh, before we leave, I actually, we will end on a, instead of uh, emails. And Doug Collins' kid, oh. also in the audience, watching oh, really? Northwestern lose to UCLA. Ah, there you go. They won a game, which was annoying, but uh, but yeah, get out of here. Get out, get out. Get the... Out. The uh, we will leave on a, a jigsaw and then we will send you off into NCAA land. <laughs> 
play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? Shout out, Doug Collins. You know what I was reading the other day? Do you remember? Of course you do. The Doug Collins press conference after the Orlando game. The ran through his, his shoes. I never got booed press conference. Of course, yeah. The quotes are so good. They're so wonderful. I love them. Anyway, this I came got, from James. That guy sucks. Yes, he does. He does suck. This came from James. James sent in a jigsaw. Mike, you have these two options for the rest of your life. Option number one. Your significant other spits directly into your mouth before every meal you share together. We're talking a fairly substantial volume of fluid, even when you're out in public. That's fine. I'm already saying that's fine. I'm fine with that. She could okay. do it right now. She could walk in and do it to me on camera, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't for no for no reason whatsoever. I'd be fine with it. Okay. Well, then the other option is once a year, a stranger pees into your meal. Not yeah, huge- that's worse. <laughs> of course. Wait a minute. Not a huge amount. Just the last drops and shakes. You don't know when it's happening or drops when your annual shakes. meal is complete until you taste it yourself. It's a different stranger each year. Oh, I would so take once a year. Yeah, once a year. Yeah, I mean it's less hassle for sure. And and less having to like go scrutiny. get like Alyssa, come. Hey, I'm having a meal out. Can you just come spit in my mouth really quick before I do it? Like, that just seems like. <laughs> difficult a, a business uh, meal you know, logistically yeah. yeah um uh gotta take the stranger piss i might take the stranger piss just just to like not have to deal with having to like you know get get the spit every time right. so give me if because it's like it's, it's a little if it's drops and shakes once a year yeah and that's seasoning i'll but i'll take both either way <laughs> this is the rare jigsaw i'll take both it's fine <laughs> wow fine. an all-timer fine. mike wants both he, he wants both all right uh, we will talk to you. All right, Sixer schedule, which I never. Oh, have. it's bad, man. It's bad. Okay, hold on. I'm bringing it up. We got we got a home and home with the Bulls, and then every other game is upsetting. At we got the 12, Warriors, twelve games left. Jesus at the Warriors, Christ. which they're they're incredible at home and and wildly bad on the road. At, at the Phoenix, oh. at Denver, at the end of a four game road trip for basically if for the MVP for all intents and purposes, that's Monday, March twenty seventh, and then. Home against the Mavs, home against the Raptors, at Milwaukee, home against Boston, home against Miami, and then at Atlanta, at Brooklyn, live Ricky Five. Jesus. So, gauntlet. That's, it's a gauntlet. And even gauntlet. the Bulls, like it's hard to win home and home both ends of it. Um, so lose one of the Bulls games and then beat the Suns I, or something. Yeah. I just need uh, I need 12 Tobias dunks is really, I'm, <laughs> I care more about that than the, than the, than the standings. Give me those 12 dunks, Toby. Are you back? Are you feeling it? It's interesting. A little bit. Okay. I'm not. Remember, back for me is also interesting, too, because I always think they're going to lose. Yeah. So it's genuinely, I believe, they're going to lose. It's not not like some self-hating yeah. Philadelphia in some self-hating, oh, woe is me way. I genuinely think they're going to lose. Yeah. But for the first time, it was during the Pacers game, oddly without PJ, who, by the way, can, we never talked about it. The bounce pass on the break from that was PJ great. Tucker. A great was pass. Awesome. I loved it. And they are 16 and four when he plays and doesn't score. Uh, I don't think him hitting a three would be preventative no, from them for winning sure. games. Just also not preventative that they win when he. So I'm worried in the playoffs is what I'm. 
Yeah. I've seen the stat. I like the stat. It's he a fun shoot. stat. But I, it's in the playoffs that is when when I get concerned. It's not... I'm in a place where I'm ready to consider the possibility that they could get to the finals. And that is a different place than I was in two weeks ago. I was not even considering the possibility. So I am not back, but I too am in bit a bit of a different place than I've ever been before. Yeah. It's just yeah. because they don't, they we've, we've not seen them look like this. We've seen mm-hmm. them like beat good teams and then like, kind of like sleepwalk through other shit and end up losing games. But like they're they're just taking care of business everywhere. And B is playing the best basketball of his career. The Sixers still have by a lot the hardest schedule left remaining, yep. especially after the two games that they just played against uh lesser teams. Um yeah, Boston is the ninth toughest schedule, Milwaukee has the 17th toughest schedule. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really it's really going to be the Sixers. So I I I was concerned about this run because of how they could have fallen in the standings or they could have proven that they didn't deserve it. But like since the all-star break, they have been really visibly like giving a fuck. And that combined with how efficient Joel and James are together and Maxi hitting shots, everybody else doing their thing. Like they're just, they're a really, really imposing offensive force. And they have maybe enough defenders to like stem the tide against most teams. I, I really would love a, love a Sixers Bucks series. I would love it. I would love it. We will talk to you Wednesday night after the second Bulls game. If Mike is still alive after all of these college basketball games, I, I wish you. You're getting older, man. I just, I just. Now I feel it. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. All I'm right. going to play basketball right now, so we'll see how three days of. Oh, Jesus. Three, three full days at, at various bars around LA, how, how my body holds up uh, playing some ball now. We'll talk to you Wednesday night. Are you down with TTP? <sighs> yeah, you know, look. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend. Of you.